You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey everyone, how's it going? It's Anthony Gazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. I hope you all enjoyed your NFL kickoff weekend, week one. You could probably see me. I've got some bags under my eyes because I was actually in Seattle and at the game, the week one game between the Bengals and the Seahawks. First of all, I have to say I met quite a few people, quite a few Bengals fans out there and quite a few of them were very flattering and recognized me. I couldn't even believe it. Uh, so to those of you I met, those of you who, uh, you know, maybe went to the game and I didn't didn't get to meet, I hope you had a good time. But for those of you I did get to meet this weekend, that was awesome. It was great meeting all of you, seeing a lot of the Bengals fans in Seattle for the week one game. So let's get into it. Um, a lot of a lot of things to take away from this game. And, and quite honestly, a lot of positives. Um, where I, I was sitting uh, like field level on the Bengals sideline. So I got to see a lot of, um, I got to see a lot of different things happening on the sideline from the Bengals. The, the, the substitutions, uh, that was one thing that really stuck out to me. A lot of substitutions on this, uh, on this team in and out, in and out. The tight ends were, were basically CG Ozama and, uh, Tyler Eifert were basically switching off almost every other play, it seemed like. So a ton of substitutions, a lot of movement, and I think that that is part of the Zach Taylor offense that that is a positive and really keeps a defense on its heels. You saw that even without an A.J. Green, even without Joe Mixon, any of, any of that, any of those guys in there, um, you know, this team was really close to pulling out a, a win, an unlikely win by many people's standards because of the venue where it was at. And, um, you know, the Seahawks are a talented team. So uh, they were able to do a lot of a, a lot of things on offense. That, and I was really trying to watch and keep up with that. So that's something that I don't know if a lot of people caught or not. Maybe you did, but a ton of substitutions in terms of in-series in guys coming in and out, especially on offense. Um, they went two linebackers quite a bit on defense. Uh, the other the other thing, um, you know, the other thing that, that was kind of obvious on that side of the ball was the play of the defensive line, really, as they went, the rest of the defense went. And really, I thought it was a pretty decent uh, – they gave up a couple of big plays, but I thought it was a pretty decent showing by the defense um, for of the Bengals in, in – you know, especially from what we saw last year, not a great <laughs> unit to say the least last year. So, um, you know, big improvements there. Um, you know, a lot of things though, with the good came the bad. So you had John Ross get this, you know, have this breakout game, 150 yards and two touchdowns, great game, you know, by, by most standards, but two, really big drops during during the day that hurt the Bengals 
um, just little mistakes. I mean, there was a there was a ball to Tyler Boyd that was probably going to be, uh, you know, a big play. He slips on the turf and the ball falls incomplete on a third down when the Bengals were moving the ball. Then the missed field goal, the two Andy Dalton fumbles, the Alex Erickson fumble. So what I I guess where I'm having pause in terms of how I really, you know, I would like to think that this team is really taking the next step and is, is doing, is looking good and moving in the right direction under Zach Taylor. But the thing that I worry about is sometimes teams, if they really, I'm trying to find the right words for this, but sometimes teams have trouble finding ways to win. And so even though they're doing a lot of good things, a lot, we're seeing growth out of certain players that we need to see growth out of, like John Ross, there are still kind of these mistakes, these dumb kind of plays that, uh, you know, obviously cost them the game. They can't trust their kicker, I guess, beyond 45 yards now. It used to be beyond 50 yards. So, you know, that's frustrating. But all in all, I think, you know, for now, one game in, and you saw some growth throughout the preseason. I, I think one game in, you have to kind of like what the Bengals put out on film for the most part. Again, some mistakes, not that many penalties. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, what the difference was, when the Bengals made, the, made mistakes, Seattle immediately capitalized. But every other time in the game, Seattle wasn't able to move the ball or do much of anything. Um, and then when the when the Bengals had opportunities to really take control of the game, they did not do that. They got into Seattle territory three times and came away with zero points because of a turnover on downs, a missed field goal, and then they they ended up punting another time, I believe. So um, you know, a, a lot of a lot of takeaways. There was um, you know, I guess in a way you like the moral victory. I guess I'm not a big fan of moral victories myself, but I mean, I guess it, you like that, but. At the same time, you almost look at this game now, a game that they were not supposed to win, and, and you, you, you kind of have to be a little bit frustrated because they, you have to feel like they let some things uh, – let this one get away. So, um, you know, tough one, but I, hopefully they'll grow. Again, I think what this coaching staff did that – and I, it, they're going to need to continue to do it throughout the rest of the season. They did a good job of trying to mask the deficiencies on this on this team, which are the linebackers. They only really played two, and Preston Brown played relatively well. Um, so, they, they you know, the deficiencies of linebacker, the deficiencies obviously on offensive line, they still were able to throw for over 400 yards, could not run the football. So, uh, you know, I, I think they, the coaches have done a good job of – trying to mask those deficiencies. They were getting the ball out quick. There were a lot of timing patterns, that sort of thing, um, to kind of mask some of those things on offense. Daniel Boyd asks a question here. Hello, so I have a question about the kicking. Why do we still continue to deal with the kicking problems that lost? That lost the game in my mind. I mean, yeah, that's that's the tough thing. You can, you can easily pinpoint a couple of plays, uh, a couple of, you know, one or two plays and you say that's that's where they lost and obviously when the when points don't go on the board in a in the form of a missed field goal that's an easy area to point to it's a big it is a big problem i will say i was there at the game um i mean it had just rained now granted they have turf there they don't have the grass but it had just rained shortly before that and rained kind of kind of relatively hard for a brief period of time and uh you know i don't know if that had some sort of factor with it with Randy Bullock missing that that kick but that those are the types of kicks that you you need to make um you know 
there's kind of a shortage of, of really good kickers, it seems, in the NFL right now. Teams are cycling through them. I, I, the Jets, I saw, are already looking for another kicker. I think it's like their third and third year in three years they're, they're going after. So, I mean, there is a shortage of good left tackles in the NFL. There is a shortage of really good kickers that you can count on to routinely make 45, 50, 50 plus yard field goals. And the Bengals do not have one of those guys. So, um, you know, Zach Taylor did a lot of things with the roster. He's done a lot of things with the game planning to, you know, kind of make it his team. But for some reason, Bullock was a guy that was held over probably because Darren Simmons, the special teams coordinator, has a comfort level with him, Clark Harris, and Kevin Huber. So really up and down day from the special teams unit. Bullock had the missed kick. Uh, Erickson had the fumble on the punt return. And then you have uh, Kevin Huber. I mean, as far as punters go, Kevin Huber had an outstanding game, probably one of the best games punting the football pinned uh, Seattle deep routinely in the game. So real up and down day from that unit. But I, I don't really have a good answer to that, Daniel. I mean, I, you would look at what Randy Bullock has given you, what he continues, who he continues to be. You know who he is by now, and they are content with sticking with him. Um, they they've, didn't bring in any hefty comp competition for Bullock. Um, and obviously that was a pivotal moment in the game to uh, – you know, and you see, you see a game, you lose by a point. Obviously, a field missed field goal looms pretty large. There were other issues, though, in the game. Aside from that, I, I have a hard time saying that was why the Bengals lost, but it was one of the reasons for sure that they lost. Uh, Homer Harold Jr. says they were looking good. Um, yes, and Justin Michael Koontz, by the way, who doesn't like my hat. I apologize, you don't like my hat, Justin, but I like it. I like the flat bill. Um, I I agree with you. There were some terrible calls by the referees, and the fact that they even wanted to review the pass interference, the supposed pass interference play, I believe, it was on Damian Willis, um, the the one that you know defensive pass interference. They challenged it, and it took them a long time to just up, uphold the call. But the fact that they even reviewed that uh, was was maddening to me. There were missed calls. Obviously, the play at the end, I mean, that's a play, even if the Bengals get the ball back, highly, highly unlikely they make a play to win. But that was not a fumble. Um, I mean, I was around numerous people in the stands that also Seahawks fans and Bengals fans alike who agreed that that was not a fumble. That was a forward pass. But, um, you know, there was that. There were other other things going on throughout the entire day from a referee standpoint that was uh, pretty subpar. Um, so, yes, I agree. It, it I don't like to use that as an excuse for a loss, but they definitely did not help uh, the Bengals' cause. Um, I'm seeing, yeah, Omar Booker got to get the running game going. I, my my thing is this: I with the running game, is it is it kind of a chicken in an egg thing, right? I mean, is it like was it because Mixon was out most of the game and they had a lot of plays designed specifically for Mixon in that game against that defense that maybe don't play into Bernard's strengths? So that's kind of why it struggled. Was it the poor blocking? That was definitely an issue. Um, good defense against, you know, good front uh, from Seattle, possibly. Um, probably a myriad of issues, but that is something they do need to find balance. I mean, I know this passing game's fun, and you got to pass the ball to win, and Andy Dalton looks comfortable and, and you know, had a lot of sharp throws and, and big plays, but um, they've got to find some balance because this offense is built on um, 
you know, play action, being able to run the ball, setting up play action, and then get some big plays going there. This week it was more uh, a lot of quick hitting, timing patterns, throwing to a spot, and uh, and it worked well. But, uh, you know, down the road they're going to need to find some balance. Now Joe Mixon, for those who don't know, did injure his ankle. I think it was about midway through the second quarter or so. Um, sprained ankle, I guess a lineman fell on his ankle. He rolled it, and uh, MRI on Monday came back and said that, uh, you know, there's no structural damage or anything, so nothing severe, but we don't know the timeline of recovery there. Uh, maybe he's limited next week. Maybe he doesn't play next week against San Francisco. I don't know, but um, they're obviously it's obviously something to watch throughout the rest of the week. Um, yeah, I'm seeing more about the kicker. Kicker. Uh, yeah, so... Lee Jones, this one's interesting. Dre, Dre Kirkpatrick's got to keep his cool. Yeah, so he got called for a, a personal foul penalty, pretty you know, pretty bad penalty. I, I did not see this, what I'm about to say, but I've heard other people talk about it. The I saw that there was some extracurricular stuff going on throughout much of the game uh, from Seattle players to Bengals players on offense and defense, I guess. A lot of jawing, and um, you know, I think it, Dre was obviously a very stupid penalty. Um, but he was, I think one of the guys that finally, he was the guy that got caught, right? I mean, there's all these people doing it throughout the game and he was the guy who got caught. So, um, you know, an unfortunate situation there. And, and yes, I mean, he is known as kind of a team leader, uh, one of the, the most vested veterans on the team. So, you know, that's a guy that you would hope to, re to be relied upon to not make those kinds of mistakes. And he did. Uh, Joseph Daxel says Andy Dalton looked really good in this system. Just proves to me that Marvin Lewis is the problem. Uh, not the players. Glad he's gone. Yes. Yes. Um, I, I, I do think that, you know, memories, memories can, uh, can change perceptions, I guess. Um, I mean, I, you also have to look back at what Marvin did when he first got to Cincinnati and how he turned around that team. So I, I can understand the sentiment of glad he's gone because of what's happened basically from the end of 2015 through 2018. I get it, but uh, you know, uh, he was here for a while for a reason. And that was because he did turn the team around and make them competitive. But I do understand the sentiment, Joseph. Um, he, he kind of was, an old school coach in a new school league, I guess. Um, and that's, that's starting to show. And obviously this system and what Zach Taylor is doing is really working for, for Andy Dalton. And, and I want to reiterate a point in case some of you join me late here, but a point I made towards the beginning, the, the amount of substitutions I've seen in a, in a given series is um, it was very, very interesting. It was very, very, um, you know, I, I felt that it kept Seattle's defense on their heels quite a bit. Uh, so, you know, that I think is a facet that, you know, we talked about the running game. We talked about play action. We talked about, you know, maybe giving some other guys some chances, but really the cycling in and out of players to really utilize mismatches. That is what I saw. And, and I was really impressed with um, seeing it firsthand from, from Zach Taylor. In case you're just joining us, I'm Anthony Cazenza, and I am with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast, part of the Cincy Jungle slate of podcasts. So check out our show. We're adding more, too. So um, there, there probably a, there's going to be another show or two in the slate of episodes. So check that out. And, of course, keep it to Cincy Jungle for all your news, opinions, analysis, all that good stuff. I'll be here for a few more minutes 
taking your questions and comments and uh, breaking down week one, the, the heartbreaking loss uh, that the Bengals suffered at the hands of Uh, at the hands of the Seahawks. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Um, this is interesting from Christopher Cusson here. Before the, communi- the commercial break, while they reviewed the play, the TV graphic said it was called an incomplete pass. When we came out of commercial break, the TV graphic said it was ruled a fumble. Um, yeah, there was, there was a whole... Uh, there was the the Andy Dalton fumble thing. That was kind of a weird a weird thing at the end of the game. Then I think that's what Chris is is referencing here. Then there was the John Ross incomplete pass that was challenged. It probably should have been comp- called a complete pass, and it was not. Like I said, there was the pass interference play that was reviewed and really seemed very cut and dry to me. Luckily, they made they kept the right call. But uh, the fact that they even spent time that much time watching that. You know, that was kind of uh, maddening. And then, you know, as I mentioned earlier, Dre was the guy who got caught with a personal foul penalty. But I have heard that there were some other times, occasions that uh, Seahawks players were in on this. Um, Tyon Brown, my thoughts for the Sunday home opener, I would assume that means against the 49ers. Uh, I, you know... I, I didn't get to watch the 49ers play this week. I, I, I would like to maybe see some highlights and watch a little film to see what they do. Um, I'm going to tell you this, though. If the Bengals can consistently play at or around this level that they played in Seattle, if they could play at that level, clean a few, a couple of things up, these little you know mistakes where there's fumbles and all that kind of stuff, if they can clean that stuff up, this is going to be a, a very competitive team. Um, I think San Francisco feels that they have a competitive team as well, but um, you know, I, I think I, I think for now, um, you know, I, I'm I would say I, I think the Bengals probably win some a close one. Um, I I, I, felt, I left that stadium uh, yesterday feeling pretty good about what I witnessed because I really was not sure what I was going to witness. I didn't know if I was going to see a, a game where these guys get blown out and totally embarrassed and really basically feed the narrative that's going on in the media with, with their expectations of this team or something like this. Maybe they even squeak out and win, that sort of thing. So I was very impressed with what I saw, and I, I think it bodes well going forward. I do think that the Bengals need to enter. If they are going to make you know, a playoff push, I do think this is a team that's going to win more games late because they, they grow, they mature in the system, the coaches get some experience under their belt, that sort of thing. But – um, I, I do think that 
even if they are going to maybe make a case for the playoffs, this is it. They'll probably need to go at least two and two in this first in these first four games, which include a loss already to Seattle, the home opener. You're you're asking about tie on to uh, the 49ers, and then the uh, they have a game against the Bills, and then they play Pittsburgh. I believe it's in Pittsburgh on Monday night. So. Um, kind of an up and down game, depending on how you view those opponents or up and down slate, uh, first part of the schedule there, depending on how you view those opponents. I think if they can win these next two games, uh, going into that Monday night game against the Steelers at two and one, um, you know, maybe sneak a win out there. We saw the Steelers play last night and they looked awful. Juju Smith Schuster, they're basically their best offensive weapon, not named James Conner hurt his toe so we don't know what his situation is there we we saw that kind of deal happen with AJ Green last year I don't know if it's a similar thing but definitely injured his toe towards the end of the game um so you know I I think that the Bengals uh I'm looking ahead a little bit but I think the Bengals are in pretty good shape uh for for this Sunday they I'd like to see them get back Cordy Glenn because the tackles this week were a disaster um so hopefully Cordy Glenn comes back that'll help things and it should actually help in the run game as well um, you know, I, I think that if the defense plays at a similar level, getting after the quarterback, that will be huge, huge, huge uh, for this team. And, you know, Garoppolo can move around a little bit like Russell Wilson can. And still those guys were able to corral Russell Wilson. So, um, you know, I, I feel good about going in, going to next week. Uh, I feel good about the, the Buffalo game. The big test will be Pittsburgh. Luckily, though, this division seems to be wide open. The Bengals seem to be far more competitive than a lot of people think. The Browns absolutely just, I mean, I I can do some not safe for work phrases uh, to throw out, but basically they really embarrassed themselves uh, in their debut, their home debut, and uh, as did the Steelers. Now the Ravens uh, looked very good against a terrible Miami team. So this division now is, is, kind of wide open. And the Bengals, like I said, if they're going to make a run at things, they need to start getting some wins, a couple of these wins early here um, if they're going to make make noise at the end of the of the year. Uh, yeah, Tyrus C. Humphrey Hubbard looked like an all-pro yesterday. Hubbard looked great. Dunlap looked great. Geno Atkins was pressuring the quarterback quite a bit. Lawson had a couple of pressures. And that's so that's that's what I love. I'm going to I'll kind of wrap it up with this. That's what I love about what Zach Taylor is doing. He realizes there are deficiencies on the roster, and what he does is he 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 wants his coaches and himself also on offense. He wants to create schemes that say, okay, look, we're really talented on the defensive line. We can get after the passer. Let's really try and maximize that, and then that way we can mask maybe some potential weaknesses at the linebacker spot. You know, we're missing Darquez Denard, so you know maybe you know the slot corner situation isn't ideal at the moment so he I, I think they're creating schemes to play to their strengths even though this is a flawed roster there are some areas of strengths the defensive line is one of them Hubbard had a great game yesterday and I mentioned Dunlap and others you know uh, the Bengals had problems on the offensive line they could not run the ball but what they did is they designed a passing game that were you know was basically made Andy Dalton get into a rhythm, get comfortable, throwing to spots, and he, he played well. Uh, I mean, aside from those those fumbles, um, you know, he played he played pretty well. And that's 
what I like about this coaching staff. They're, they're playing to strengths uh, and, and hiding weaknesses. And I don't know that the previous regime did anywhere near as good of a job as that uh, of doing that as this crew is, because, you know, we, we've seen what happened. <laughs> we, we saw what happened the last three, three years uh, under the previous regime. And, um, you know, wasn't great, but uh, it looks like things are heading in the right direction. Again, it's one game, kind of hard to tell, but I I was pleasantly surprised. Would have liked to have seen them squeak out that win. That would have been a very, very high-quality win, uh, a first win for Zach Taylor. But um, now they're on to San Francisco, and, uh, you know, that's their home opener next week. Unfortunately, the Bengals, I, I think they only have one home game, that, that home opener, one home game in the first four. So that's why I was mentioning it's critical that they get at least two wins out of these out of that stretch because it's going to be going to be tough sledding here over the next couple of weeks. Thanks for tuning in everybody. Again, for those that I maybe met at, uh, in Seattle, some of the Bengals fans and other Seattle Seahawks fans, it was awesome meeting all of you. Thanks so much for tuning in here. Usually I do these right after the game. I apologize. I was on a plane back today. So, uh, you know, couldn't, couldn't really do that, but, uh, got on here when I could, when I got home and, um, appreciate it. Uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the game regardless of the heartbreaking result. And, uh, we will see, uh, we'll see you real soon. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.